there was that small town where a lady by the name of Mrs. Thompson was so well known throughout the town. And she was known for her godliness. Not only that she was known for her godliness, she was also known for never saying anything negative about anybody. She had always found something good, something positive to say about everybody. And there were two young guys in that town who were getting up to mischief. And they said, I bet there was somebody that Mrs. Thompson would say something negative about. So one called the bet and the other one accepted. And they walked up to her, good morning, Mrs. Thompson. Or she said, good morning, what a wonderful day. And she went on in her positive way. And one of them looked at her and he said, now, what do you think of the devil? Well, you know, (laughs) she kind of cocked her perky little head to one side. And she said, well, (laughs) there's one thing about him. He's always on the job. (laughs) I think many of us would wish that he wasn't always on the job. (laughs) But because he is always on the job, the Lord Jesus Christ taught his disciples and is teaching us to pray, deliver us from evil. By the way, I don't know what your translation says. If it says deliver us from evil, I give you a dispensation to mark in your Bibles, deliver us from the evil one. Because that's really an accurate translation. And the revised version, I think, is the only one that has it right. Deliver us from the evil one. The evil one has many names in the scripture. But the one thing that made the devil to be the devil, the one thing that made the devil to be evil, is the sin of pride. As the chief angel in heaven, Satan thought that he could unseat God and take his place. It was that pride that led him from being the chief angel to being the chief devil. It was pride that took him out of the courts of heaven into the pit of hell. It was pride that made the devil to be the devil and the evil one. In fact, the word evil many times in the scripture is synonymous with the devil. Many times the word evil is synonymous with pride. One of Satan's greatest deception is to make the very core of evil, pride, to be a sin that is respectable among Christians. If I would come down and ask any group of Christians, what do you think David's greatest sin? I think without very few exceptions would say his adultery with Bathsheba and the death and killing of Uriah. Without exception. And that was the sin of the flesh. And four people died because of the sin of the flesh. And in the church of Jesus Christ and among Christians, we always focus on the sin of the flesh. And we should. But somehow we ignore the sin of the spirit to our own detriment. To our own lacking in blessing and to our own failure and sin. In fact, because David's sin of the flesh, four people died. But because his sin of the spirit, 70,000 people died. The evil one's goal is to always get to your will and control it. He may begin by deceiving the mind. 
as we saw in the last message, how he deceived Adam and Eve's mind. This is his entry point. He may use the physical pain as he did with Job as an entry point to get to his will and to bring pride to his life. But always, he never loses sight of his number one goal, and that's your will and my will. Jesus was not just giving us some random thoughts here when he gave us the Lord's Prayer. Trust me, (laughs) these are very logical and sequential petitions. First, lead us not into temptation. Then, deliver us from the evil one. First, keep our minds from being attacked. Then, protect our wills from the evil one. First, keep our bodies from being tempted. Then, stop the evil one from getting to our wills. Now, sometimes Satan bypassed the mind. Many times he bypasses the body and he goes straight into the will as he did in the situation here with David. David's sin of the spirit happened when Satan went straight to his will. Please turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 21. And if you look at this chapter and you read it carefully, you're going to find that David's mind was not deceived. David physically was well. He had no problem with his body. In fact, the kingdom was doing so well. Things were going great. There were no problems to speak of. There were no temptations. At this point, Satan went straight for David's will. When David rebelled against God, he did it with his eyes wide open. And that is why I cry on a daily basis, deliver me from the evil one. Believers, listen to what I'm going to tell you. I have been seeing this in the Christian church, the church of Jesus Christ, all over the world. The respectability of the sin of the Spirit. There are some Christians who are intellectual Christians. And intellectual Christianity will satisfy your mind, but never changes your life. Listen to me. There are Christians who are emotional Christians. Emotional Christianity is made up of changed feelings. Emotional Christians want to be always on an emotional high. And if they're not on an emotional high, they think that God doesn't love them anymore. But God wants the whole package. He wants the whole inner person to be committed to Him. In order that when we cry, deliver us from evil, we know He's going to answer that prayer. God wants an intelligent mind. God wants a fervent heart. But above all, God wants an obedient will. Please hear me right. This petition, deliver us from the evil one, has to do with our will. You can memorize the scripture. You can read it for 10 hours a day. But if it is not going inside there and changing your will and aligning your will with the will of God, then you have lost out to Satan. Satan's original sin was the sin of pride. And pride attacks the will. In fact, in Isaiah chapter 14, beginning at verse 12, within three verses, Satan said, I will five times. I will, I will, I will, I will. And what Satan is always busy doing, 
What is Satan busy doing every single day, every single moment of every single day is trying to duplicate his sin of pride in the life of every believer. David was feeling so important when Satan approached him with the suggestion that he should count the people, that he should number the people. In fact, if you read 1 Chronicles 20, you're going to find there are so many great victories in that chapter that David had. So many wonderful, wonderful victories. Even so much so, there was a crown that they captured and they came and they put it on David's head. David won many victories, but he lost the war. Do you know why? Do you know why he lost the war? Because Satan used these victories to inflate David's ego and lead him to evil, which is pride. And David fell for it like a rock in the water. Lead us not into temptation. That is a petition that's to do with the sin of the flesh. Deliver us from the evil one. That's a petition to do with the sin of the spirit. No wonder the apostle Paul listened to what he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1. He said, therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from the defilement of the flesh and of the spirit. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You know that famous story in the book of Luke chapter 15 about the prodigal son? You remember how the prodigal son was seeking after the sin of the flesh and he wanted to live it up. He wanted to live in pleasures and he took off. And we always say, isn't that terrible? Yes, of course it was terrible. But don't ever forget that the older boy who stayed home, he was just as guilty because he was critical. He was legalistic. He was proud of his obedience. He was guilty of the sin of the Spirit. You know, we Christians are often quick to condemn the sin of the flesh, and we should. But oh, how, how often believers in the Lord Jesus Christ just wink at the sin of the Spirit. Close their eyes to the sins of the Spirit. Rationalize the sin of the Spirit. Go easy on the sin of the Spirit. They go easy on pride. They go easy on stubbornness. They call it something else. Go easy on gossip. Call it something else. They will go easy on envy and jealousy. Please hear me right. The sins of the spirit are just as bad as the sins of the flesh. And we need to be on our guards for both. And this is a great temptation for most believers. Mature believers. People are walking with the Lord for years. Don't ever be tempted to think that you can be immune from being tempted of the sin of the spirit. If Satan would not immune the Lord Jesus Christ, and when he took him up on the high place and showed him the world, he said, it's all yours for the asking. Then I want to tell you something. Don't ever think you're going to be immune from being tempted by him if he tempted the Lord Jesus Christ. Pride glorifies man and robs God. And we need to be ruthless in resisting pride by crying to the Lord. Deliver us from the evil one. And now some of you think, because some of you told me, that because I stand here Sunday after Sunday proclaiming the word of truth, preaching the word of truth, somehow that I've got it all together, that I don't understand either of those. Now let me explain something to you. Only God in heaven knows my hand-to-hand combat with the enemy. Every single day. I don't get a break, and you're not going to get a break. 
I know that's not good news for you. But I tell you the good news is that God wants and will give you victory. He delights in giving you victory. He delights to see you have the victory and rejoice in the victory. You know, I love the story of the Sunday school teacher. Like most evangelicals, he's so oblivious to the sin of the spirit. And he looked at these kids in his Sunday school class and he said, uh, Now children, I am a self-made man. And the little girl looked at him and she said, And then why did you make yourself like that? (laughs) Pride is a weapon that Satan uses with great skills. No wonder the apostle Peter could say, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you at the proper time. Insecurity, right at the very core of it, pride. Fear, at the very core of it, pride. Worry, at the very core of it, pride. Anxiety, at the very core of it, is pride. Dig whatever you may, you're going to find that at the very core, there is pride. Mary, the mother of the Lord Jesus Christ, had the right attitude when the angel came and announced to her this unexplainable pregnancy. And he told her that this is the power of God working in her. Divinely, she's going to carry the Son of God, perfect, sinless, holy Messiah that the prophets have proclaimed that He's coming for generations. When she finally got it together, she could cry out to God and says, My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For He had regarded the low estate of His handmaiden. God must always get the glory. Please listen to me very carefully. I learned from a wonderful godly man by the name of John Stott years ago when I was talking to him. He said, Michael, always watch out for the sin of pride. And I have never forgotten that. And I want to tell you today that when God blesses you financially... The evil one is going to be standing here right on your shoulder and trying to lead you to think that you had something to do with it. At that moment, you need to cry to God and say, deliver me from the evil one and give it away ruthlessly. When you have been blessed of God with a brilliant mind, with a very intelligent mind, the evil one is going to be standing there and he's trying to tempt you to believe and to think that you did it by yourself. I want to tell you that at that moment you need to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, deliver me from the evil one. When God blesses you with health or good looks or whatever it may be that God gives you, don't look down at other people. And the evil one is going to tell you to by thinking that you did it for yourself. Cry, say, deliver me, Lord, from the evil one. When God blesses you with a gift of faith, don't look down at people who have no faith. The devil is going to tell you that you should be proud of your faith because this is your own brilliance. But at that moment, you need to be crying to God, Oh, God, deliver me from the evil one. When God blesses you with a great ministry opportunity, the devil is going to come and the evil, he's going to tempt you with the evil of thinking that you are the best thing that ever happened to God and to the kingdom of God and therefore you should be very proud of these opportunities. Then you need to cry, oh God, deliver me from the evil one. When God blesses you 
with success, whatever it may be, in whatever area you're involved in, the evil one will always be there to tell you that you and you alone deserve everything that's coming to you. That moment you need to be crying to God, Oh God, deliver me from the evil one. I am so grateful for the godly men that God always brought my way and continues to bring my way. I've learned more from them than I can truly explain in words. I don't remember who told me this. I really don't. All I remember is a long time ago, and I was beginning and contemplating that God was calling me to the ministry. And this person said to me, he said, uh, he said Michael, have you ever thought about the mule that carried Jesus into Jerusalem? I said, no, not really. I don't think about the mule very much, and uh, I don't really give that much thought. He said, have you ever occurred to you that when the mule looked over there and he saw all the praising and all the waving of palms and all the rejoicing, did he ever for a moment just think that this might be for him? <laughs> I tell you what, I've never forgotten that. And I always try to remember my place. <laughs> what was so wrong with David's numbering of the people? What was wrong? After all, Moses did it in Exodus chapter 30. Moses numbered the people. Oh, there is a great deal of difference between what Moses did and what David did. You see, Moses conducted the census in obedience to God. God said to him that every male 25 years of age or up need to pay a ransom in order to remember that it was God, Jehovah, who brought them out of the land of slavery into the wilderness and then onto the promised land. So God said, count them, and Moses did it in obedience. It was the acknowledging of God's redeeming power. But in David's case, he numbered the people for his own glory, not the glory of God. Be careful who gets the glory in your life. Be careful who gets the glory in your life. It was pride that motivated David's action. Satan got hold of David's will and he inflated his ego and he led him to sin. You remember how when David, young David, he came in and see the people of God under oppression by Goliath? What did he say? How can they do that to the army of the living God? But when he got blessed and received all the victory, he said, now I want you to count my army. Let me tell you something. We all know and understand the sin of the flesh, but I want to tell you, the downfall of the Christian church is going to be the sin of the Spirit. I don't say that with joy. Oh God... Deliver us from the evil one. Well, I want to tell you a few things as I conclude. Really, this is my sermon outline that I'm going to tell you now because that was my introduction. (laughs) And I figured out that uh, now that I've given you the introduction is a little more fully, I'll just give you the outline very quickly. And the outline is this. I have three things to tell you. Number one, we are delivered from evil by the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
the death and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ did not only deliver us from the penalty of sin, which is eternal torment, but it delivered us from the power that is holding us from the power of sin in our lives. And whenever you feel that you are unable to overcome the power of sin in your life or the power of addiction or whatever it may be, it's going to be one of three reasons. Number one, you are not asking for God's power by faith, believing. Or you don't want God's power to work in you completely. Or thirdly, you have believed Satan's lie that you cannot have power over sin. The Bible said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Some of you probably heard me say this before. Here's what the scripture says. Resist the devil, but flee from temptation. Do you know what most Christians do? They reverse the formula that God has given us in the scripture. They try to resist temptation and they fail. And they flee from the devil when they're supposed to stand toe-to-toe with him. (laughs) Martin Luther, the great reformer, used to say that when the devil comes knocking on his door, he sends Jesus to answer the door. And when Jesus comes and answers the door and the devil says, I want Martin. And Jesus says, Martin used to live here. He doesn't live here anymore. I do. (laughs) He said, I've always had the victory. When a slave is set free, it may take a little while to accept that his former master has no power over him, has no authority over him. It may take him a little while, but listen, sooner or later, he has to exercise his freedom. And if you're a new believer, it may be taking you a while to break from the chain of addiction, but listen, you have to exercise that freedom. God wants you to exercise that freedom. There has to be a time when you look at your former master in the eye and tell him to buzz off. He has no claim over you. He has no power over you. And that is why only believers in the Lord Jesus Christ can pray this prayer with confidence, can offer this petition with confidence that God will answer it or deliver us from the evil one. Because what in effect you're saying You are saying this, you're saying, Lord, you have delivered me from the evil one eternally. Now deliver me daily. Lord, you have delivered me from the evil one positionally. Now deliver me continuously. Well, the second thing I want to tell you very quickly is this. The reason we pray with confidence, deliver us from the evil one, is because Jesus... I'm getting ready to cry because I know what I'm going to say. (laughs) Jesus is interceding on our behalf right now. Right now. Listen to Hebrews 7.24. Here's what it tells us. That the Lord Jesus Christ is able for all time to save those who draw near to God through Him. Since always, since He always lives to make intercession for them. He's making intercessions for you right now. So when you are under the gun and you cry out, Oh, deliver me from the evil one. You can be sure that he's not only heard you, but he answered you. The third thing I want to tell you is this. God answers this prayer in the context of the church. In the context of the Christian community. 
in the context of fellowship with other believers. The community of believers are a community of the covenant. Not only a covenant with God, but covenant with each other. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. And I pray the Spirit of God will interpret this in your heart and you'll accept it the way I mean it. The church of Jesus Christ is not made up of a bunch of individuals who come to church on Sunday 10 minutes late and leave 10 minutes early. That is not the church of Jesus Christ. That is the wrong concept of the church. The church are those who have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. The church are those who have deep down feel a sense of responsibility to one another. The church are those who are united together for mutual encouragement, for mutual accountability, for mutual responsibility, and yes, for mutual prayer support. Because it is together we can become strong and wise and not a prey for the evil one. So when we pray, deliver us from the evil one, we can pray with confidence that God not just can, but will answer our prayer. Shall we pray? If the Holy Spirit has spoken to you today, whatever you do, don't shrug him off. Listen, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. I know that. He was speaking to me first and foremost. Then he was speaking to you. And if the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, you have been oblivious to the sin of pride. You have minimized the sin of the Spirit. Let your cry today, God, I now know why. Why I'm in the mess I'm in. Why I'm not hearing your voice anymore. God, I understand now. Forgive me. Let that be the cry of every one of us today. Our precious Heavenly Father, to you all hearts are open and all desires known. And from you, no secrets ahead. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you. And Lord, that we would worthily magnify your holy name. That we may joyfully magnify your holy name. That far from being ashamed of the name, we will proclaim it from the rooftop. That we will give you all the credit and all the glory because you alone are worthy to receive glory, honor, majesty, dominion, and power forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.